Rise podcast. Hey, glad you made it here. This is a polar. This is a podcast about polarizing movies, polarizing in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it, sometimes they hate it. But here at this podcast, we talk about those movies. Today we're talking about where the crawdads sing. It's a polarizing movie. You're just joining us for the first time. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you here. I'm your host, Brandon Stables. We're going to be talking about this movie. Where the Crawdads Sing has a Rotten Tomato score, critics 35%, audience 96%. And I'm not the only host of this podcast. Now I'm going to introduce the co-host, sometimes referred to as the forever guest. Mr. James Lindsay, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> What's up? Hello, everybody. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Welcome to Polo Ride Podcast. Hey. <laughs> Where are those crawdads oh. singing today? Let's find out. We're talking Polo Ride movies. Let's go, baby. Wow, so you brought the opposite energy of what I was bringing to, to this episode. So, yeah, you know, we don't normally start the podcast with this type of voice, me, to, me introducing things the way that I did. But, you know, just like how this movie introduced itself, it's just going to be a nice, sultry VO over what's happening. And James, on the other hand, decided to bring the exact opposite. Let's fucking go another episode of Polarized Podcast! Woo! Yeah! I can't wait. I, I wait. can't wait. I'm fucking jip! <laughs> I guess wake the fuck up, because we're here to polarize in your ear. Um, yeah, so... we're polarizing your ears. <laughs> your right ear is going to hate your left ear. They're going to be polarized. So, James, what do you your think about it? brain's going to be in the middle. I, I, do you think I like kind of match the setting and the mood of the podcast? You nailed the, uh, it. Movie? You oh, nailed thank it. You. Thank you. I'm compensating yeah. big time. <laughs> <laughs> big time. Big time. Uh, uh, you nailed it. I think uh, I was already feel like I was being shaken awake at the beginning of this movie. Like, hey, hey, there's a movie hey. you should watch. Here we go. Let me introduce you to a very terrible CGI bird <laughs> while I while I say Marsh in a weird way. My first note of the movie, James, was what was that word she just said? Because it sounded like Warsh. But then I was like, is it Marsh? Is that what she's saying? And I just already was set on this path the second this movie started with, wait a minute, what was that word? And wow, that bird looks like shit. You're making me think that I should, instead of trying to say Worcestershire Burter Burter sauce, mm-hmm. I should just say Worsh sauce. Give me some of that Worsh, War, Worsh, Worsh sauce. sauce. Yeah. I'm a Worsh girl. Worsh yeah. Guy. So I, I had heard before this movie that there's horse girl, you know, mm-hmm. now there's girl dinners and there's a couple like mm. stereotypical girls, I guess, out there in the world. I believe it. It's not that I don't believe in they're like Bigfoot, you know, it's just, you come across them once in a while, but I guess, you know, speaking of Bigfoot and once in a while, there's the marsh girl. 
I wasn't familiar with this term that it seems like everybody in the movie just understands it as just the common thing to you say. You haven't grown up in the bayou. <laughs> oh, oh, James, are you, you telling me Billy. you grew <laughs> We got to call you the poor boy king because I, I had no idea. <laughs> you haven't heard them crawdads singing. So, oh man, I have a point of contention already, too, with the name of this movie. Because, yeah, like. Oh, that's not enough, not enough crawdads, right? Not worth it. That final line. <laughs> was like is so poetic like a lot a lot of the lines in this movie definitely uh lifted from the book and and they're and they're nice and their narration and everything uh sounds nice and as well written and everything is just like kind of jumbled together in in a way that doesn't fully have the connective tissue that reading a book would uh but that final line i don't know it didn't wasn't as satisfying (laughs) as i wanted it to be sure. of like the the title fitting with everything but it is i mean it is a it's a fine title i i, I guess especially for a book like <laughs> you know sure. overall but just when you so, like when you hear the title in the movie you're like your your ears perk up and you're like ooh, they said it and that the oh. way it did it at the end of the movie wasn't <laughs> i made me do that but then not in a, as satisfying of a way as i would have wanted so, i wanted so, uh fucking them like singing can you see can you feel the love tonight uh, oh sure while God. she goes with uh with hunky, hunky mchunkster down like so, they, they each okay. have two boats they hold hands like in the condom commercials or no not sure condom, the uh erectile dysfunction uh mm-hmm. commercials where they're in the bathtubs ed ed uh, but they're in boats and they're just holding hands like that. Oh, okay. So there's so there's so many there's so many boats, uh, so much boat stuff. <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker. But before we get fully into it, James, Do I wanted boats to start. Off, I wanted to start with a new segment. Um, new segment. You know, before I'm bringing all segment. the energy. Before we get into the actual movie itself, is I want to know what are you watching. What are you watching? Ooh, I like this. This is great. Yeah, let's talk about movies just by and large before we get into it. Because, okay. yeah, I think where, you know, if you're tuning in, if you're tuning out like we did for this movie, either or, um, I'm sure, you know, you're liking movies, you're you're into movies and doing stuff. So I think it's worth, uh, you know, before we dive deep into the marsh, we talk ah. about what, what what we're vibing on. Maybe well, it's a vibrant, vibrant on movies. I don't know. It's a working segment title. Hmm. What is one of my more recent uh, viewings? It's been uh, Collateral. I watched that this past week. Yes. Uh, tell me about like a that. New edition on Netflix. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed it. I really had a good time <laughs> as far as uh, a thrill. The it's movie very shot a, is a very cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. And there's yeah. a lot of people in it. Like it blew my mind. I, I forgot because mm. Jason Statham is in one scene at the very beginning. He hands Tom Cruise a package. Ruffalo is the lead detective of the whole thing. I like love un- Ruffalo in a position undercover. like that. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a he's got a goatee. He's got mm. his hair slicked back. I I love it. I love, love I love it. Love Ruffalo. I love it. Ruffalo. I love it. An inquisitive Ruffalo is my favorite mm. Ruffalo. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, 
Zodiac in him in that one is is uh might be my favorite. Um, or Spotlight might be my favorite. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Uh, and then who else? Oh yeah, Javier Bardem. It's fucking Dude. in that movie too. It's crazy. It was just blowing my mind. I was like one after the and then uh fucking was it Jada Pinkett Smith? No, I forget who else. Someone else was in it too. Was, you, speaking of Javier, you had just sung uh. A well, you were alluding to Hercules. I think "Say You're in Love" was a little bit of that melody you were alluding to earlier, right? Oh, can you feel the love tonight? Oh no, can you feel the love tonight? Oh, it's a lion, that, no. lion King. That's Lion King. I but don't know why I did. Can you feel the love tonight? I I feel like I was. I should have said "Kiss the Girl" because it would have been Kermit mm. and like a closest thing to a crawdad in a Disney movie Whoa, singing. So the, oh, that's what I should have said. That, but okay, I so that's Disney, what my brain Disney wires mixed. My, that's what my brain naturally did, because what I was going to say is, is I just saw Javier Bardem in the new Little Mermaid. Ah, that's why I was bringing it up. So, yeah, oh daddy, my God. Daddy, uh, daddy, <laughs> daddy, daddy, Merman. daddy, <laughs> <laughs> daddy, Merman. This <laughs> summer. Um, His beard's just flowing. All the hair's just flowing in that movie. It's so distracting in that movie. Um, the... And it's just, it, you know, I, we talked in length on the episodes where, and if anybody's listening, want to go hear my longer take, I would say on this is that the making real these reboots of these cartoon Disney movies, mm-hmm. it is so distracting the parts that need to be real if you're going to do it mm-hmm. real and the water stuff where the hair is in water is so fucking distracting Mm -hmm. because it's just it's like moving all the time and it is cgi and you can tell and it just it's just tough just like with the lion king what i said on that episode is when you're just trying to make something real it is uh takes a lot of like in an animated movie previously, the hair moving was for emotional effect. And now things like that or expressions on the animal's faces in, for instance, with uh, lion King, it just, when you have to make it real, it loses a lot of a part of what was good about the original series, which is animating characters and animals in a way that is expressive to what's happening. So it just seems so fun and so vibrant because it is just, you know, orchestrated that way. And just like with this movie is there were some really fun songs. I also think it's really funny because this was, uh, I, I didn't know this, but little mermaid was another Lynn man. Yeah. Uh, well, Miranda joint. Mm. And it's just funny to me how much d- it, of a guy he is. Yeah. That's with, their with guy. Disney, he, right. That's like he's guy, just yeah. on mm-hmm. everything. And <sighs> It must be nice. It's, I mean, it must not, be kind of a dream job. Bad. Yeah. Oh my God. It has to be to it. Right. You know, you get paid just dumb amounts of money to make, he makes great songs. I mean, all the Moana stuff is, yeah. is right. amazing. And in, in my mind, That's I love, I love Moana all the, and all the music is a, is a big part of it for sure. Yeah. And I think Encanto is really good too. And I think that is yeah. him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, Javier Bardem, uh, so funny to just see him in that role because he can be such a scary guy 
such a commanding presence. And that is a requirement of, um, not Zeus. Who is, who is he? Is Poseidon? Uh, Poseidon. Is that yes. who it is? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Such a commanding presence, but it is so fascinating so in that movie in particular, where he is such a loving father, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> to see him in that role is it's, it was really interesting because yeah, he can, um, be so scary and such a big guy um like a brute almost and um mm. he's just so he's kind his of a softy eyes, his eyes are very you know? cutting yeah even with all the cg shit going all on all over all around him and everything you can still see his eyes and you can do so much with that for sure but, but yeah, yeah that's a okay. that's another polarizing movie actually and that's uh kind of fits the mold of our first episode was the lion king version we kind of talked at length about all that kind sure. of stuff too and it yeah works for some people doesn't work for others and they continue to make them and they continue to be polarizing but it keeps their keeps their ip and everything in check and they're going to keep on uh, coming up with new versions of, of those uh those stories uh, as as long as they can in, in my mind um so yeah we've i mean those those are a couple things i don't know there's there's some shows i've been i got you know been doing some anime more lately in my life i've been doing trying to get through hunter hunter almost almost finished with that the show silo on apple tv plus or whatever is uh i'm almost oh, finished with it that. it's good it was a good book um and mm-hmm. uh the show's been good too i have a couple episodes left uh, i love rebecca ferguson she's she's on. Uh, yeah, yeah she's great. La- lady jessica <laughs> yeah oh so fantastic um Oh yeah, cool. that's it. That's an awesome yeah. new segment. I love. I love. There that. it is. Um, yeah, let's that's, that's yeah, let's get into this goddamn movie. My right? first note, also CG bird. CG bird. My, let's se- talk my about second. C- my second note. You'll pay for this, Marsh girl. <laughs> Was she's getting carried away, and there's just rabble, rabble people around, and one guy, uh-huh. and I didn't know Marsh girl was going to be said so many times in this movie, but that was the first time. And I was like, yes. hey, I'm going to write this down. They just called that person March Girl. Little did I know. Right, that's absolutely. Be a, the, a, a big part of this. They should call yes. the movie March Girl. <laughs> they should. <laughs> Maybe the book re- where the crawdads sing, but this movie's called March Girl. They say March Girl in this movie conservatively a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It gets to a point where I'm just laughing at how many times in a in a scene she will be referred to as March girl. And it's why it's so funny is because everybody treats it. Like you're saying as a common saying Mm -hmm. of somebody and us as an audience members, like I've never ever heard anybody be called that, but every single like level of person in this town refers to her as March girl. Like it's just, yeah, that's the thing and it's It's almost like town idiot or something and to call someone that's town idiot i i don't know it just seemed like such a yeah such a like a derogatory term too yeah but then yeah i don't know like her whole family disappears and i guess everyone forgets her name and her last name or and and everything she never comes out uh but that happens quick and this is already you're 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 starting to feel the difference between a book and a movie even if we haven't read the book things are moving at a pace that is not given the chance to breathe when it should. And then other times it's like breathing Mm -hmm. in ways that, you know, could maybe be, 
yeah. expedited or at least made more a little more interesting mm-hmm. in, in in other ways too or or uh have a little bit of of edge in in terms sure, of like I'm... not being so uh melodramatic and like a soap opera but you know yeah this movie reminded me so much of uh like the way the notebook is visually too and mm-hmm. how what it focuses on and it just it, the movie itself i don't know about the book in particular um i know my mom really likes the book she was telling me about this, this. Of, that's why of, I was where the credits sing mm-hmm. oh, yeah cool. that's why okay. i was excited to do this movie because hmm. she was like oh the book's really great yeah you, know, you don't know what, inter- you don't know what she thinks about the movie I don't think she's ever seen it. Like yeah. my mom's very weird like that, where she's just like, it, just cause a movie comes out of it. Isn't a, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, I got to see that now. You know, she's like, I read the book, enjoyed it. And that's all I need to do. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's some sure, annotations I, where I might steer clear of as well. <laughs> totally. And I only it read some funny. of the dark tower books, but I saw that trailer, of that movie. I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It is poopy doopy snoopy. Um, that is funny though to just talk about the difference like how a book would be in comparison to how a movie would be because i'm assuming that the book would have a lot more interior into each one of the characters of what they're thinking about the things mm, that are going right. on and that's not something during the that, romantic scenes that would be great to have that internal monologue shared with us because that's you know to hear her internal monologue that's not overdone narr- narration uh that's what makes the yeah the romance really really work that i mean the chemistry is is pretty much there i i don't know I, what what do we think of the performance of of the main main character i think she is perfect yeah actually yeah because this movie i think does really well and is probably really attractive to women because the you know what is her name emily emily or daisy ed daisy edgar jones um has really big eyes and she it plays this like confused reserved uh girl very very well and i think that's attractive to uh fe- the female audience of like somebody who is very smart uh contemplative um sensitive emotional and really also has um is very capable too. And I think she handles all of that really well. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I would, it is I, a lot I, to ask to be the marsh girl and to emote these, these things of, of just being, yeah, lost, confused, misunderstood, uh, wanting, but not understanding how to get those emotions across and everything. It's uh, some of the, th- some of the things she does get a little repetitive to me. But that doesn't sure. necessarily mean that it's it, they're bad uh, decisions as an actor. But uh, yeah. it's well, yeah, it's just that sort of she's she does that, that thing where she's repetitive. her eyes. Yeah, her eyes do. Yeah, it's super repetitive. I mean, yeah. this movie has a and the positions that, they, that it puts her in as well. Yeah, I was like, it was so funny as a, I, you know, anybody listening who doesn't know what I look like. I'm a white guy. and. It was so funny how man. much I'm a lizard man, actually. Yeah, I busted. Uh, busted. <laughs> uh, that I had white guy blindness in this movie, 
where the guy so this movie is structured in a way where there are two romantic relationships one is leading to like one place and the other one is like creating a level of trauma and understanding to get to the uh, to that relationship and it's played by two dudes that look so fucking similar oh interesting it really was tough for me where i'm like these guys are so fucking similar looking (laughs) where i for a second got whiplash where i was like wait who because this movie moves through time in a way as well where like that's true as well and the transition from one to the next to me where i'm like taylor johnson and harris or taylor john smith and Always. Harris Dickinson are really pretty similar to me huh. look wise, but the, you know, obviously what they mean to Kaya is different. Um, oh, you mean I Marsh could, girl, Marsh girl. Uh, but I could recognize that. Yeah. It was just so funny that they, yeah, I made a note of it where I was like, man, it's just two very similar white guys. And she definitely has a type is what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, wow, she really has a type. It's this, you know, jawed tall white dude with brown hair. I mean, yeah, um, they are styled very similarly at this time in, right. You know, American fashion, you know, you got the, your white tees and. It's yeah. so, yeah. All the, the fashion of this movie is so funny because to go back to the plot of this is we start off with, her whole entire family leaving yes. one by one. <laughs> one. And man, there are some brutal. <laughs> and it goes by quick. It's like, fuck. You just yeah, already feel so emotionally crazy. drained by the. I know, like right? Someone's been murdered. She's been wrongfully accused, you assume, or not. I don't know. You yeah. not, you're not really sure you what, you, what to assume. At the, you no, know. you definitely assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And then you watch, yeah, you watch her immediate flashback. The flashback is like quick in this movie because it's like, wrongfully accused get her in the interrogation and then like let me tell you my story yes so stereotypical and then you and by the guy who just moments ago said he's retired (laughs) that's that was already something off the bat i was like where's that there's missing a scene in the movie they forgot to edit that scene in where he's just like talking with his wife looking at the newspaper about marsh girl and being like hey we remember that family remember that girl don't we care about them like come back for one final case and put things right and save the marsh girl that never happened he just like shows up i was like i thought you you said you were retired why are you coming back it showed him like see it at the bar on the news or something like that but there's no conversation and i i was yeah because you end up like this is understanding a little bit more must be expanded on in, in the book of of uh the lawyer character a little bit i don't know Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's how the, and that's what we're talking about is like the way this movie op like translate the book to the movie. It, 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 it's feelings are that is so weird that she, all of it leading up to the situation is weird because you don't understand why this girl is like diving into the marsh she's around there then she gets caught and then you're right the crime scene's Tom, kind the, of interesting you know of them like looking around at the at the top and the great <laughs> and the, really not and the great and <laughs> everything even, 
it's really not i don't know like when you okay so when you go into a movie like this you're like oh there's gonna be a mystery and so when that happens it's like oh at the okay at the bare minimum it's given me like these cops have found found her have found a body no footprints. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, the great. Right. Ooh, you know what's happened? Oh, it could have. Which and then like going into like the, the CSI of it all of like yeah, they're the, like well, if which way was he facing when he got pushed off? Like, and then at the very end when he's like, well, even if and and I thought that was like one of the more effective parts of the movie is was him as the lawyer like giving that whole speech at the David end of like strat harm from. Uh, godzilla one and two king of Mars. Oh. um but he's like if even if she were she would have to drive all the That's way the have this last have, episode have this meeting with the publisher <laughs> and then come back murder somebody and then come back in the morning like that was a such a great speech by him that gave me that satisfaction of like a procedural mystery sort of thing but then you get the romance right. drama all mixed into it too there's a lot of which is a lot of 75 percent of the movie right which makes sense in a book is like you can reach all those different points yeah and it just is like it it's such a slow burn and it focuses so much of the coming of age element of Mm -hmm. Aya's character which is interesting but since it is also hanging its hat on a courtroom drama like I just wanted so much more out of that side of the movie. You would go like 35 minute stretches of her just casually having a romance with this guy, which is like, they didn't even fine. question the shopkeepers. I don't know. I loved them. I mean, they were great. Like people, at the, right? in the courtroom and everything didn't co- They didn't question them. They didn't question oh, right. his, like uh-huh. her, like love interest. The, I need to get these guys names down. Yeah. Jump in and Mabel are the shopkeepers. Those are the shopkeepers. And then uh Tate is Aya? is like the good dude and Chase is the bad dude. Yeah. Um essentially. But Tate Tate, they didn't question Tate, you know, either. Like they they those like it was such a weird pacing in this movie because it's incredibly they, weird. They come in at the end like they're the like star witnesses, those like the two shopkeepers, Tate uh-huh. and his dad all walk in and there's this moment editing wise where it gives them the full picture. Sure. Everyone looks at them. They're like, okay, one, if not it's all not of these true. people are going to get questioned and they don't. And it's just I, like stuff I, missing. I don't know. It's, it's so weird. It's so, weird. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Because it, because where the movie cares and f- places its attention is in this melodramatic love story that then evolves into this, like prisoner very like uh toxic relationship yeah yeah and that's all the movie kind of really cares about (laughs) but it has this courtroom drama but it could not really give a shit less about it and it's just so apparent because every time like you're saying that it would cut to the courtroom shit i was like can we like get some evidence that isn't just a the mother of the deceased and like just like some uh, Uh you know you and me have been talking offline and it would introduce characters in that moment too that was like interesting pacing too it was like here's the publisher and here's this like other guy that saw her leaving after oh my god i was so excited about that scene (laughs) 
And then he was like, you're just this, this fisherman that was just there. And it was like, oh, we're getting into, oh, look at this guy. Like, look at these colorful casts of characters that, it, you know, it could have been that sort of thing Absolutely. too. But it did do a lot with the romantic drama, <laughs> toxic relationship side of it all, which paid off sure. in... The, the other effective moment of the movie, we're just jumping around like it's fine. No, no, no. But, Please, I love uh, this. Like I, when yeah. you find out he's double married. <laughs> <laughs> like that's I, an, I was, that was an effective if, part, if, though. That was like, a, that was, was like, like the best part of for every time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a double married situation. I'd be a rich man. <laughs> I feel like I could have called that like a fucking mile and a half away. Yeah. Like yeah. it was so goddamn apparent. Like it was going to draw Like the it was going to be like he was his real nature was going to come to reveal itself his eventually. His and real nature was always there. Yeah, big time, big time. It was so obvious. But he had the that, night. He had I the like that scene. That that moment yeah. of like seeing him with her at the. And the and then like her just running home and all that stuff like that was, uh, what the movie and the book I'm sure like is a is a big climactic moment and I thought it was overall effective for that and his rebuttal was just so intense too and drawn out in its own fucked up way that was not enjoyable to watch naturally so and then that stuff is and it's sure but it's just it's gratuitous to a to a point too I don't know. Hmm. But it's it's it is it is is it necessary? I mean, I uh, for dramatic effects. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, isn't it so fascinating though? A movie that is like written, produced, directed, starring women that the focus of the movie isn't the courtroom of it all or the procedural elements of it all. It is just about toxic relationships and the effect that it has on a person. I I. I was, you know, trying to give the movie credit because I think there is credit for it what was to... really focusing on her perspective. Yes, for sure. It was very much and like it... her experience through all of, you know, the courtroom and, and all of her, her relationships and everything and being thrust into this courtroom and having it all just be decided around you and for you. And you can't really in your voice is so kind of powerless voice is kind yeah. of taken away and her and then you get to see her journey of kind of finding finding her, her power and her, yeah and, power and 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 her identity and her her power and strength like and very so much so that she learns how to read in this movie <laughs> you know what i mean like talk about finding your that voice was, that it's was pretty such, whole, that was wholesome i mean there were I, there, I, i'm there not were, saying it's bad I their romance at bad. the her and tate at the beginning yeah that's that's a, a thing that i that i noticed in this movie again because i feel like it's directed and uh, written by women that the intimate moments of this movie are really tender and yeah. sweet and mm -hmm. had a great kind of perspective of it i was really into you know like when, whenever i go out i just like to put my lady in the middle of a of a marsh and drive around on my boat while she's in her <laughs> boat and make a wave pool I, I just hoot and holler all I, I day mean, long. I've known this about you for so long, and I'm glad that you're, you know, speaking your truth on this podcast. All right, babe, get in the because middle. I'm going to drive around, and make some waves. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! 
<laughs> get a six pack of Budweiser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, um, I cut you off. No, but I, I just, it was really noticeable in this movie where the camera was pointed in the intimate moments between uh, Kaya and like Tate or Chase or whatever. Like, I was really into the fact that the camera would be like on certain parts of her body that were like not so, because like if a guy directing this, you'd be like, let's just, you know, you want to see all of it. But it was so careful and tender yeah. in those moments where it would just focus on like really kind of obscure quote unquote parts of the body that would elicit a lot of really great emotion. And I loved that element of it, but it, the thing is, is that this movie has a, um, has a, like a thing to say, and it just more often than not is so meandering. Like Mm. I, time and time again in this movie, I was like, what are we doing? Like, where Mm -hmm. are we going? Like, where, like, let's move this shit along because I, I I get it. You know, it is a coming of age story, uh, a woman's coming of age story that has had a very, I, in particular, it makes it very apparent that love did not exist in her household. Mm-hmm. And so for her to open herself up to love is like, God, such a monumental thing. She like, doesn't know how she should be treated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she's only experienced treatment in a in a particular way, and there are moments with Tate in particular where he is treating her in a way, and you could see it on her where she's like, "I don't know. I've never felt this way, or mm-hmm. I've never received love in this way." And I think because he's a true Edgar, catch, like he's a true right. like top to bottom, like he's doing everything right he gets her feathers and notes teaches her how to read they're like yeah he fucks up big time once and he and he like endlessly apologizes for it and then his reasoning is stated well too as to why he missed out on it but uh i yeah i'm okay i'm in love with tate but (laughs) the extent that this movie spends on like the middle part, like the Tate stuff yeah. is fun. And naturally you don't like to be with chase Tate stuff is fun, but the yeah. chase stuff is just like, ugh. it's like, I know. And then it's like, it's gotta have a commentary on like, you know, the rebound of coming out of a relationship and, and wanting to, and you're getting that attention from someone else and you can see her, you know, rebuff him at, at, at multiple points, but she maintained, she re- stays in the relationship, the toxic relationship. And it's just, that's like a drawn out frustrating part of the movie because it is paced directly after a previous relationship where she just was courted and went through this whole thing. So now you see the kind of the Mr. Hyde, the the bad, the bad version of it. And it's just kind of, it drains you because it's so close to the thing that just happened and so similar, but so much worse. (laughs) Right. Like the, the the chase stuff should be cut between the courtroom and drama stuff way more quickly. We don't need as much of the him courting her chase. I like, you can already tell he's a bad dude. You can, and then like, I don't know, like you can narrate, narrate that away. Like I got with another guy that treated that, like gave me attention, but didn't treat me in the, you know, whatever. And then sure. But I don't want to say how to do it. 
No, no, it's fine. We're talking about <laughs> a movie that we there are things I like about it. Yes. Like, but there's just a lot of stuff that I'm like, you're you know, I think it's gonna be a reoccurring phrase in regards to this movie of like there's something missing like mm-hmm. there needs to be more of something you know you're i understand why you're focusing on this but like in order for it to be like really interesting you need to have more of a, a bunch of other stuff honestly this this can connective tissue and just befuddling missing things and and stuff that i question whether it is for artistic effect or just over oversight or it can't be a two and a half to two hour yeah. 45 minute to three hour movie so we have to find a way to cut things down but the things that they choose is 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 just weird and we keep saying it but like <laughs> and i'm jumping to the to the end as well but like i don't the other unsatisfying part about it, and and this is maybe more the artistic side of things, is why they, they chose not to just show her exactly how she did it mm-hmm. and how she killed him. Yeah. And got him there with mm-hmm. no footprints and the great and all these things that are just like these breadcrumbed out from the beginning that mm-hmm. you you get the narration at the end. And you know her like it's her and like them growing old together is really sweet. I like that. That is that is a good moment. And him, Tate. Yeah. And him finding the letter and, and all that stuff. And uh, but mm-hmm. it just I I wanted that mystery side in courtrooms. Maybe I think maybe we're wanting a little bit more of, of that. And maybe that speaks to our proclivity towards uh, some of those things. But. Sure. I, I like I don't know I like romance as much as anyone and I really like the Tate stuff but uh it's just it's a strangely paced and strangely edited thing that is unsatisfying frustratingly so uh in, in a lot of like key moments because I even wanted like yeah that that conversation between them and like oh I'm his fiance like ah, I wanted to let that burn even a little bit more like mm-hmm. she ran away I was like ah, I just wanted to like sit in that for <laughs> even longer some of the some of the more dramatic things so uh it's 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 kind of constantly uh me hitting those frustrating moments with this movie when it, I'm wanting it to mm-hmm. lean more in a certain way and it and it goes a different direction and kind of can't or maybe can't make up its mind um yeah. I think it's just overall the priorities of the movie are so much more interested in the like abuse and relationship stuff. And it presents these ideas, which then elicits from us a want and interest and in, about like what the town is more like. Mm, we get yeah. so little interior into the town. Sure. Um, we also just get so little interior into the family dynamics of chase. Like I get it that his family wants him to have this, you know, woman, this life and all of that, but it's just, all of it is just so like, does, you couldn't be doesn't care. About they couldn't show you any chase shit. Cause then you'd find out he's double married, but right. <laughs> you see enough of him like with, with her and enough people know that he's spending time with her too. So that's, that's a strange thing that his fiance wouldn't catch wind of that. Mm-hmm, sure. And if anything, she's nice to her. She's like, Oh, I know your name. Oh, she's like, Oh, hi, Marshall. I mean, I'm sorry. 
Hi, Clark. Mm-hmm. Hi, Kaya Clark. That's I, I remember your name. Uh, sure, I, but she's my, dressing. She's dressing her down the entire time when she's yeah, doing that. So it's everybody. not like you know we don't want to give her too much credit for you know trying to you know get away from calling her the derogatory term Marsh Girl. So okay, let's talk about Marsh Girl just as a concept again, uh, because so much of this movie I was holding myself down uh, because. I was so wrapped up in like how she like as a marsh girl, how does she understand a lot of the things that she's, you know, kind of pursuing, I think specifically, you know, I think one thing in my, uh, if I were to look at my notes would be like, how does she know about a boyfriend? And like, why does she want a boyfriend? And like, there's, that's, that's a concept. That's a social concept that, you predominantly experience through going to school and watching media is these like what it means to be boyfriend and girlfriend and like the pursuance of that, you know, and everything related to that. And that is one example, but there's like a bajillion, I feel like where, how does she know what any of that means? Cause she's living by herself as a child till she's a adult. And time and time again, I'm like, how does she know about what that is? And why does she want that? And it drove me nuts because I would always just be like, I can pull up my notes, but I would love to hear your opinion on it. Of if you ever noticed that where you're like, wait, why, how does she know that that's a thing? Yeah, there's, and that's again, like, I think the connective tissue and all you really see her connections are the shopkeepers her father leaves the last one to leave and she's got to be what like 10 8 to 10 10 10 or 11 i would say yeah yeah and and then she immediately picks up her muscle hustle and <laughs> and <laughs> you dirty dog starts hustling the, the muscles yeah and then tate is the only other one that she's been connected to and he doesn't start teaching her to you know, to start reading until high school age. And there is a lot missing there and a lot of interesting stuff as to how to survive as a child into high school age in a marsh and take care of yourself, you know, even sanitary wise. Like I would expect her to show up to take and be like, precious, precious. You like looking like, you know, like grungy teeth and just like, uh un unkempt but, but who knows yeah but i but yeah she got to age 10 saw enough of her as dysfunctional as shit as it was uh her family and everything maybe may, i don't know she found some way to to self-sustain but a lot of social thing i'm i agree with you is like if it is there in the movie and in the book it's or not in the movie but if it is in the book and it is there as far as the story element goes, then we don't see it, unfortunately, as to how that happens. And maybe it is going to the shop every day. Uh, she said she only goes to school one day and then she's mm-hmm. over it because That's it, yeah. they bully the shit out of her. And so mm-hmm. how she socializes beyond that uh, is not shown in the movie and is a, a fun kind of a funny concept. It's such a funny concept <laughs> to think about to be a marsh girl and 
uh yeah i'm just i don't know she's she looks all right to me <laughs> yeah i it's it's such a glaring like you're in a movie quality about her where she is dressed in a way that's like has a sense of style but it's like being dressed by a stylist is really it's so clear. in my mind she's trying to be her mom like she's she's looking at her mom's dresses all the time and wants to emulate that and you know there's a lot sure. of and that whole that was like the emotional moment for me when she dies and and has that whole connection with her mom as she's dying at the end and and the whole like cross generational thing and seeing her as, as herself as a child, reaching out to her mom and all that, like mm -hmm. all that stuff was really, was really nice. Um, mm. and subtle and ways that, and it, this movie is not subtle in other ways, but there are other things that are nice and, and details that seem like they would come from a good place. And that's where I think like the text must have, uh, a story there that it has a, a variety of like interesting characters. And I think that that would have um, helped this movie a lot too. I think you mentioned earlier about, about seeing the town and the more like the cast of characters and having it be an ensemble thing uh, could have propped her up as a character as well, because you don't need to have her experience it and narrate it the whole time. You could have, Oh yeah. I remember seeing Marsh girl come through town and, you know, she'd stop by for a spell and have, have a soda pop and like ask me questions about what it's like, you know, to go to school. Like, I don't know. Or like, and then you could have people on the courtroom answer those questions about like, oh, here, I, me as a lawyer, I'm going to build her character and ask more people about. And he, it's essentially what he does, but it's just not enough. I want more. It's I like, not even I like, close. It's and, the problem. And we haven't really talked about her, her hustle besides the muscle is the, uh, all her beautiful drawings. And I think that's a fun, yeah, that's a great drawing. detail as far as a realized part of who, who her character would be and why she would be so good at that makes a lot mm -hmm. of sense because all of the things that we've criticized as being a marsh girl, maybe you wouldn't know about you. You could draw a fucking, you know, wildlife and mushrooms well, if you spend enough time with it and that's, you know, you have a lot I of time in your hands by, by yourself, you're going to draw what's around you. Like that's something you can naturally, naturally yeah. figure out. And I love the just how the drawings look. I was sad when she ripped them apart and, and, and they're all over her place too. And they're so, so beautiful. Cool. Yeah. There was that moment too where they're in the court, the courtroom and she's getting so stressed out about things. And the, um, uh, lawyer like gives her a pen to draw right. and she just goes to town and it's just such a wonderful moment of like that is her happy place to just be in the marsh to admire the wildlife because that's all she's had that's a big draw then, of this movie i think too i just yeah. just the idea of like being a marsh girl there there's a certain like I don't know, admiration for it. Or like, uh, you fantasize it a bit of like, Oh, uh -huh. I lived in, yeah. in the marsh and I was a, and I was a marsh witch and where people called me, witch or whatever, but I did what I wanted. And I, and I have all my drawings sure. and I'm, and I'm self-sustaining and I, you know, I don't really need anybody. I don't need to go anywhere. I got my marsh. That's all, you know, and, and that's, right. there's a certain amount of strength that she exudes that is attractive for, for people like Tate and, uh, chase is attracted to her for all the wrong reasons i i think but 
for for Tate seeing who she truly is 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 there is an attractive quality to that and his uh yeah is I mean that was the melodramatic part too I as and it, I'm a I was a sucker for it but it was like yeah I tried I went to school I got a job and it didn't matter I just wanted you in the end like all that stuff is so cheesy yeah. and all that stuff but it's it, there's a part of me that's still uh sees a movie like this and knows that I'm going to get some version of that and the murder mystery and everything and I'm I'm looking for those things and and kind of satisfied sure. when I at least have those climactic moments of someone professing their love and in a way like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Then I'm, I'm getting something totally. here. But, uh, yeah. Beyond that, I think I, this movie kind of rang hollow and in, in a lot of other ways. And, um, I'm happy to move on to some, some reviews if, if you're down. Yeah, Maybe that sounds any, great. Like, Let's take a break. Final notes. Quick. Yeah. If you want to take a break, I'll read through some of my notes while you, while you, uh, if you're, you're going to do a bathroom break or we can just mm -hmm. take a break. Let's just take a break. We'll take a break. We'll be Let's right back. Let's take a break. We'll take a freaking break. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, let's talk notes. So yeah, flashback. Oh yeah, this ambient sound is nice. Amazing tree. Uh, there's something going on with that Marsh girl. I think I just started writing down lines where they said Marsh girl. Um, she's the Grinch? Question mark. I don't know. Should they start? They just felt like she was the Grinch of the town. Um, mm. that leaf dance. That was like that was kind of rough to me. It was it was played to be so, I know, so romantic. Like oh my god! Like, but it was yeah. like I just started laughing because <laughs> <laughs> they just go oh, it was, you know. it was like like uh, yeah, that sort of thing of like what you think humans would do if you're an alien or something. It's like uh, sure. yes, aliens love when leaves fall from sky and they immediately dance in a rapturous way. It was just so immediate like ah, 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 ah. yeah like you just they so immediately quickly. clocked the it was like know, a tornado of the, leaves the, the and dust they just, devil yeah, yeah with the just, leaves and they're like well you know what we have to do is we have to go dance on it <laughs> maybe i maybe i'm just too cynical i need to be more like that no that's a, a marsh girl would know that when you see uh you know, mm -hmm. a dust devil of leaves. You have to go dance in it. Yeah, that's I. Yeah, that's a fault of my own. Uh, you fault can't run stars. away from every whip stitch. That's something I, they say. I said the same thing too. <laughs> Should I? I didn't look to what a whip stitch is. Do you know what a whip stitch is? I have zero idea, but that somebody said it like it was a thing. Uh. In a sewing stitch pass over an edge, or in a sling, an instant, a moment. Oh, can't run away from every moment. Oh. Immediately after that, I put three Zs. It's like zzz. <laughs> Snooze! I was snoozing Snooze. during Chase, Chase's <laughs> relationship. I was like, ah. Yeah. And he he called he at one point he says, She's free as a dang gale and smart as a whip. A dang gale. That's what I say about you, Brandon call me courthouse uh -huh. cat i'm like oh that brandini he's as free as a dang gale and yeah. whip whip, whip. Uh, three three thrusts and done chase <laughs> you just like i know my note was i didn't know what kind of book she wrote so i was just like is it a kid's book is it a narrative oh, book yeah. is it a scientific book <laughs> I, I was so it looked like family I, uh, like it could it could like anyone could yeah. Anyone can learn something from it. It's colorful. It looked like family. Family. 
it's for it looked like family it like Finn it looked- diesel would love it but yeah <laughs> chase did the thing where he's just like looks like family yeah all right Finn. <laughs> that, it, that was such a vin thing to say <laughs> family that uh, looks like family <laughs> everybody has a boat uh yeah that point that tate just rolls up and sees both of them there's like everybody's just boating around they they have the piggly wiggly i just love that name it's i'm not I love i'm a california california guys and yeah so cal surfer dude are there are there still piggly wigglies tell, tell us yeah i think so reach out um chase what the fuck <laughs> she, she didn't know her own birthday i thought was really interesting. that was a, I, I like that that was a cool moment but that good and she, that and goes she into, said don't cut my name on the birthday cake because mm, that was like special to her with like having right. a name not marsh girl not marsh girl yeah there's oh man i want to like this movie <laughs> oh yeah no nah, i mean it's, I, the I books like the it. book's gotta be gotta be much better better um yeah. And yeah, you can't get double married. Uh, jump in. I yeah. thought that's a cool name. Jump in. I just, that sounded I, like <laughs> that reminded me when they said that of, uh, what is it? Uh, walk hard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I've been referencing this whole time. <laughs> right, right, right when that, I mean, that scene is so dramatic and I still think it's effective mm. of like seeing the fiance and everything, but it's just like, I just want to her to just yell at chase in the middle. You can't get double can't married. Get double chase. married. <laughs> <laughs> uh i can't build you a house of chocolate it'll melt in the sun <laughs> not uh, if it never rains <laughs> <laughs> uh they're judging themselves i thought that was like a poignant thing yeah. of, of you know that's that was where the poetic side of of a well-written book comes through in a in a movie but otherwise i think it's very difficult let's uh check out what some Critics have to say on the 35% critic side, again, 35% critics, 96% audience, very, very fucking spicy and very wintry cold. It's uh, very polarized, no ladies spin. and gentlemen. That's, that's like, oh, we love that over here. We love that. <laughs> we just like, yum, 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 polarized kingdom. Yum, yum. We, Bring we, it through the gates. Love, there's two things we stand for on this podcast is polarizing scores and tate <laughs> oh we we stand tate yeah oh yeah tate tate's a hunk uh from peter bradshaw at the guardian gives it a one out of five mm-hmm. plays like an all-white reboot of to kill a mockingbird with Ed- edgar jones somehow getting to play scout and tom robinson at the same time and the big twist ending is an outrageously evasive cheat that is such an interesting comparison. Hmm. Uh, I think that's, I think that's what like Reese Witherspoon had said about the movie, like why she wanted to produce it was yeah. comparing it to kind of like a To Kill a Mockingbird when she, when she read it. Um, and the movie court, the courtroom is, drama yeah. thing, a misunderstood yeah, person totally. that's framed. You find out um, from empire magazine, Sophie butcher, a two out of five. A flat, flare-free, and uninspiring adaptation. Yeah. From the Austin Chronicle, Jenny Nolf, two out of five. Edgar Jones' easygoing allure isn't enough to bind where the crawdads sing together, though leaving the film a generic, dull outing. Ugh, yeah. 
Let me do one more. Let's see. Um, from Real Views with James. No, actually, let's do Kyle Smith with Wall Street Journal. Detached from the lush nature writing in the book, the story's plot beats stand exposed as bland contrivances familiar from a thousand romance novels about plucky, adorable damsels versus snaky and duplicitous men. Mm. Essentially, yeah, just calling it generic. Uh, let's see what uh, audience. Oh, there's this one. There's one funny positive one from Ty Burr, if you want to call this positive. It is dot 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 acceptable. <laughs> two out two out of four. <laughs> All right, well let's let's warm up here and check out some positive audience reviews. Uh, you can't, you just can't run away from every whip stitch, Brandon. I don't no, know how many you can't. Fucking times I have to tell you, but well, I'm a monster also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right there. Right there. That's why I do it. I run from whip snitches because I'm a marsh girl. Yeah, well, that excuse is only going to work so far when you find yourself in a pickle. <laughs> and you got to defend yourself against throwing a man off of a tower. I hope you covered up your footprints. Real it shows her covering up the footprints the whole time. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, acceptable as <laughs> typers. Uh, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> From a non seven five stars uh, titled Intriguing Story with a Twist at the End. The acting is good and the story well-developed. Shocking opening shows family broken by abusive father, then follows the life of one child who experienced tender moments, loneliness, generosity, love, and other people's greed. The climax is a very interesting twist. Enjoy! <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy! <Come> with me! <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh... Five stars. The gates are open wide. From Mr. Pickles. And there's a picture of Mr. Mr. Pickles, the oh, cool. cartoon Mr. character. Mr. Pickles. Titled, Wife Made Me Watch It. Was a pretty good movie. Five stars. That's <laughs> so funny to me. Like, yeah, she made me do it. <laughs> That's titled that. Yeah, it's like, hey, all you guys out there. Yeah, she it's made me good. so I didn't I, yeah. just let you know. I didn't want to watch right. this, but you That's know the hey, hey, asterisk. Why, am I right? It's essentially <laughs> the title was one big asterisk. Like, yeah, that's that's my reasoning. <laughs> From PBAT26 titled Great Movie, five stars. A little sad, but shows the resilience of a young lady who's had many hardships and how ignorant some people can be. I recommend watching it. I also think Prime should lower its price to rent. If it weren't for free shipping, I wouldn't pay for Prime. I haven't found any free movies for quite a while. Amazon can afford it with all the customers they have. Greedy. Yeah, I agree. Brandon agrees. Uh, from Woodburner, five stars. Ooh, this sounds like a Marsh Girl. Titled, read the book first. Enjoyed yeah. the movie. Or read the book first. <laughs> enjoyed the movie. I thought this movie was well done. Having read the book, I know there were parts that were necessarily left out. Don't know how it would have held up if I hadn't read the book, but I enjoyed it, especially the way they managed to sneak in the surprise whodunit information at the end. Just, yeah, just really just threw it in there right at the end. Uh, from Randolph B., five stars, titled Fabulous. A beautiful novel, mystery, love story, and a coming-of-age story in the midst 
of adversity. A wonderful story with a great ending. It's uh, a lot of five stars here. There's um, yeah, for, on the on Prime Video, there's thirty thousand ratings. Eighty four percent of those ratings are five stars. <laughs> like the audience, like really, really loves this loves movie. It. There's a yeah. there's a I don't know probably like a pulpiness fun sort of ride with the book. The book readers are coming out in full force in the comment section. That's what it seems like. And yeah. knowing, yeah, I wonder. You're, forgive, you're forgiving a lot of this movie because you know mm -hmm. so much more. You've, you've been provided context that we just don't get. I'm, I'd imagine it would be hard to go in completely unbiased in some ways. But also there's got to be some people that are going in with it even more critical eye uh, because they know so much. But I, I really like that last one of those last audience reviews where it's just like, I know that there were cuts like necessary cuts and that's true sure. with, with any adaptation from a book. So that's, that kind of made me feel a little bit better hearing that from that one person, I guess that they were okay with what was, uh, what was cut. But, uh, for my enjoyment as just a movie, it was, it was a little different. I was going to read a little bit of this NPR article uh, just for a last little minute thing before we do our final thoughts. Questions linger over where the Crawdad Sink author as film adaptation is released by Mandalit Del Barco. Um, <laughs> where the Crawdad Sink tells a fictional story, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, it took wildlife scientists, this is the author, Delia Owens, a decade to write Where the Crawdad Sink. Her first novel, has now been on the New York Times bestseller list for 168 weeks. Actress with yeah. Reese Witherspoon loved it so much, she added it to her popular book club and produced the new film adaptation. Quote, it just blew me away. It felt like when I was reading To Kill a Mockingbird or just any sort of classic Southern literature, she layers on this thriller element. Uh, there's a murder. And murder, a real-life murder in the mid-1990s, is the big elephant in the room. With the film's release... News has resurfaced that 73-year-old Owens is still wanted for questioning by Zambian authorities as a possible witness, co-conspirator, and accessory to federal crimes. At the mm. time, she and her then-husband Mark were living in Zambia as animal conservationists trying to save elephants from poachers. Uh... <laughs> Journalist Jeffrey Goldberg first wrote about this for The New Yorker in 2010 and more recently The Atlantic Magazine, where he's now editor-in-chief. His reporting suggests that Owen set up a brutal operation to go after anyone who was a threat to the Elephant Reserve. In fact, an ABC News crew documenting the Owen's work in 95 actually captured the execution of a suspected poacher. Quote, the bodies of the poachers are often left when where they fall for the animals to eat. I was hanging. But Narrator <laughs> Meredith Vieira said on the show Turning Point, conservation, morality, Africa. You can hear the gunshots, but the shooter of the identified man was never seen on camera. A body was never found and no one has been formally charged with the crime. According to Jeffrey Goldberg, some witnesses reportedly implicated Mark Owens and his son Christopher. But the journalist says their attorneys have issued statements of denial in the killing. He quoted Delia Owens saying she had nothing to do with it. Taylor Swift wrote and sang on the film soundtrack, saying on Instagram, Instagram she wanted to create something haunting and ethereal to match this mesmerizing story. 
but she's faced some social media backlash for her involvement in the film. In an inter interview, the director and star of the movie both told me they didn't know anything about this part of Delia Owen's past, though they did say she has a cameo in the film. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild stuff. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. I just had to share it's that got little, some real, little life, little real life implications are happening. I have no real commentary of myself to to say besides just like, hey, she's at the center of a little uh, murder uh, mystery of her own. And the reasoning behind it is like a movie in itself. Right. I just hopefully that they focus more on the mystery of the murder and the prosecution of it, because then we would be loving it. We'd be loving it. I would watch <laughs> a movie of like a mystery writer turned poacher hunter. Mm hmm. I'd watch that. Totally. Yeah, like hunting, hunting poachers, like whatever you feel about that. Like as far as like an interesting story, it'd be it would be interesting for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, an interesting story is very interesting. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, <Hell yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying out here, man. I don't know. Hey, I, I love. Hey, I don't know. It is man. an interesting story. To know that my co-host is is now annoyed with me must must say that the the listeners must be as well over my no that's not true at my all I'm just giving you shit my redundant I'm statements shit. no they love it they love it and I love it because I had no idea about that and I'm sure people had no idea as well but it's so funny the, the button on that one. <laughs> was great it was funny <laughs> yeah that's uh let's uh put a numerical value to this bad boy. What are you Oof, thinking? Okay. I love the casualness that we've just entered into this portion. Yeah, usually it has this kind of, you know, I'm going to go, you're going to go, who who's going to decide. But I feel like we're just like, we can kind of toss out numbers. Just, <laughs> I'm kind of feeling that too. Yeah. <laughs> and just go like, you know, Hey, this is why I like it. Um, yeah. uh -huh. So I'm going to give this movie a 43%. Oh my um, God. You were one off of what I was about to say. That crazy. <laughs> that I was crazy. honest to God about to say 44 i was like 45 Whoa. or 44 i was gonna say mm -hmm. 44 uh, 43 for me man like it's definitely 40 range can i just say this that like as what my review was going to be like if it was more theatrical is you can we can re rewind <laughs> no um so th what this movie made me think about is how movies like cobra have existed i've never seen cobra so cobra is a very silly movie starring uh, sylvester stallone where he just shoots a lot of people but like pr protects the city and you know has this whole like just proposition behind him but he just really fucks up the bad guys and you know and that's such a guy movie mm -hmm. it is made by guys starring a guy and it appeals to guys this movie is a movie made by women starring women written by women that obviously appeals to women. And as somebody who is going to not live in a totally heterosexual uh, place or like a stereotypical male perspective, I can understand why, like there are some really sensual, like romantic, um, relationship stuff in this movie that's awesome like and i and, and i don't deny it but yeah like so okay so and that's the period i, to I me think it is yeah successful in, in putting you in her perspective exactly 
Absolutely. So, yeah. And and that's kind of where I would leave it is, but anybody who watches Cobra is like, this isn't a fucking, this isn't a, you know, a good movie necessarily, but is it a fun movie or is it an enjoyable movie in its objective to court the audience that it's going after? 110%. And so, yeah, like, I think it's really funny to think about how uh, Reese Witherspoon with Yellow Jackets is another situation where it is somebody who's been in Hollywood who knows how to like make them like produce a movie mm-hmm. and like, and it's not like this movie didn't make money, you know, it like did its job. It like courted the people that it was out to get. And they went and fucking saw the movie and liked it. And we're talking about that from a score standpoint. And you could, she could legit just keep doing this shit. Like anything that is on a bestseller book list. That's really interesting. Be the producer and make this movie happen and go after the exact audience, you know, is going to like it and continue to fucking do this. And I really appreciate this movie to a degree for what it is, because it's not a bad movie. There's just things I wanted out of this movie that I didn't get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? This movie wasn't made for me. I'm getting the I got the sense of maybe they wanted me, but kind of a sneaky suspicion that they didn't, uh, that they had a particular person in mind when they made this movie to go see it and everybody came out and went and saw it. So yeah, I, as who I am, I, I'm not going to give this a really poopy score, but would I recommend this? I don't know. I think there are better versions of this, but I understand what it's doing. So, yeah. Let's end on some Cobra reviews. Uh, Wait, we got to. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna. I wanted to hear what you wanted to oh, say. Okay. But okay. Um. I, no. I. Uh. I, yeah. I can. I can do well. I don't have to do Cobra reviews. Uh. I want to hear some Cobra reviews. So just I feel like I, I mean, I went into this with the most open mind possible because I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, for what I enjoyed of it, I think were those key points in the movie of what they really were. The most important scenes was the opening murder and investigating of it was caught my fancy for, for a bit. Some of the romance stuff with Tate caught my whimsy as well. Ooh, hashtag we stand Tate. Hashtag catch my whimsy. Uh, hashtag stand Tate. Stand Tate. Uh, <laughs> some of the, some, the courtroom stuff let courtroom stuff led me a little wanting, but I did like the performance <laughs> of David Straith Straithairn, uh, mm-hmm. however you say his name. Some some other good performances like the shopkeepers. Uh, were like the heart of the movie in a lot of way and like uh, needed like provided. A, so much more of that stuff like what their more, family yeah like I want characters know, like that or something like yeah I, I want to know so much more about what this the town has to have more loving people than just the two shopkeepers to know that like this whole family and not even them fully it's such a minimal uh, I'm sorry Nah, just a little of that community stuff and, and a little bit of the fleshing out of an ensemble sort of cast but you don't have the time for it it's already a two hour movie the places that I, I thought it dragged was definitely all the chase stuff. I feel like there's a way to to rally through a toxic relationship where it doesn't have to be so, so gratuitous with the drama there. If that's a movie that you're wanting to make, then yeah, maybe that's a situation like you're saying. Not for maybe it's not for me. 
And maybe it is really trying to illustrate what it's like to be like, be a woman in, in this sort of domine domineering relationship where you don't know what it's like to be treated with love and empathy from, uh, from a significant other. And you're still learning your way to even have a proper friendship or, or, uh, communicate with somebody. And he is giving you attention. Uh, but the evils of even your father and stuff like start to rear their head. And a lot of that stuff I, I know will hit home for a lot of people. And I, in my mind would just come through better in text with internal monologue, a little bit more of a back and forth between the courtroom stuff and that I can see going chapter by chapter, like, the bare bones are the things that work for me. And the bare bones I imagine are the things that were lifted almost directly from, from the book. Um, and see, yeah, seeing the fiance in the street and, and stuff like that. Uh, but there's something that rings super hollow about this movie that I feel like is also very forgettable and nothing really stands out that sets it apart from other murder, mystery, romantic drama movies that uh i would be into and the thing that would be is yeah maybe the marsh girl element you know of being of being a marsh girl i think some of that stuff also like made me interested about about her independently as a person apart from these guys and everything and even just more so how she learned to survive in the marsh on her own it's a little bit more interesting to me as like from the age 10 to 16, like what was that? Mm -hmm. What were those years like and everything like besides just catching muscles and selling them to the shopkeeper uh, and all that stuff. And then also, yeah, I, I wanted a little bit more out of like the follow through on that murder, you know, and, and, and how exactly it happened. But I, they're telling me it doesn't matter. It, it's just the, you're going to find out years later when she's already grown old and died and then her secrets are going to come out. And then you're just going to get a little whiff of like what what really happened, but you're never going to know the full truth. I get the artistic merit in that, too. But the way that it was leading, I don't know, is it, it left me a lot of this movie left me uh, wanting in, in certain areas. Um, so, yeah, I, I really feel like it's on the colder, colder end for me and not something that I would revisit, let alone recommend wholeheartedly to. Uh, yeah, and I'm. I would have to check out Cobra. Can you read? I love, you have I love the, that. You, that's you. the that's the comp. Um, from Ajit Singe gave it a five stars. Another masterpiece by Sly. An unfortunate reason is that good movies that come between that came between Rambo and Rocky franchise till the end of 1990 didn't get much light. But the movie is really a must watch crime slash action. And the dialogue in the starting scene, which is "You are a disease." I'm the cure is one of the best deliveries ever moment. You will become a fan of him. <laughs> Love this movie. The most badass cop you will ever witness. Marion Cabretti, the Cobra. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's plenty more where that came mm. from, even though it at Ron, I mean, Ron tomatoes for a movie that came out in 1986 doesn't really apply, but 18% by critics, 43% by audience. I don't know. I want to do some more of these eighties movies and, and find, find some, uh, some older movies. But for now I will be announcing our next movie. It's a, it's a little bit further back 
it's uh it's got i think this has a very similar 80s vibe too. i agree i think it is from a bygone era these this kind of movie uh it is a little picture called con air from 1997 starring nicholas cage and a shit ton of other I'm so fucking excited about this movie. people speaking of a man a movie made by men yeah four men <laughs> It's a real, you know, but that's what this podcast, James, is about, is this, you know, we, we're we living in a balance. We're polarizing. We're trying to establish to, a balance. We're going anything. to both polar zones constantly. We're constantly swinging right. back and forth between all sides of pop culture. And uh, we're trying to keep up. We're trying to uh, wade through and, and put our own mark on, on everything going on out there. But there's just, there's so much stuff. And so sometimes stuff. we got to visit a little comfort food if you know what i mean uh well that's a little teaser of how we're feeling about about con air but join us next time as we talk about a 58 percent critically reviewed movie versus a 75 percent audience reviewed movie and uh we hope you've enjoyed your time here today at the polarized kingdom uh please validate with the brandini on the way out uh, Please bring your tickets to me. Yes, right this way. And reach us at polarizethepod at gmail.com if you want to send us anything there. We're live twitch.tv slash polarizepod. Check us out Check on us Twitch. Out. Check us out. Check us out. Have Show fun. Show me what you got. <laughs> Show me what you got. Uh, Prod Pod is a podcast about uh, music producers that's on Spotify that features us and the great uh, Blarge Jr uh yes. brandini have so much fun at life is beautiful can't wait till you uh get back and regale us with your stories on uh concert review he looks like john lennon he's wearing I some look john like lennon glasses right now. he's got some john this is, is so this is the kind of shit you would get if right. you watch this on twitch you should really be seeing the sun the the glasses that the great brandini's wearing right now and the silly faces he's making uh I'm going to be looking forward to the silly faces that one Nicholas Cage will be making next time <laughs> as well. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I hope the same for you. Hell yeah. Hope the same for you guys out there. We'll uh, see you next time. We love you all. Bye. Uh, bye.